How do you start a podcast? I'm not sure. Really, it's been been a week, man. A couple weeks, so I don't know. Short-term memory. How do you start one? Hello. Hi. <laughs> this is the greatest podcast you will ever listen to. Humbly. Humbly. Humbly speaking. Humbly speaking. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. It's been a been a couple weeks. It has been. Been up to? Uh, you know, just uh, finishing up a semester, summer, summer class. Finished up pharmacology. Really lots of fun. Uh, and then it's, uh, you know, it was like 12 hours of summer vacation. And then uh, now I'm next semester, so. <laughs> yeah. 12 hours didn't, of didn't get a whole lot of, yeah didn't get a whole lot of a break there so that's okay pharmacology pharmacology yeah i'm convinced that most most scientific fields of study like their names don't mean anything it just mm. it's it's the just right is. it's the right suffix and the right prefix to sound yeah. smart yeah but at the end of the day it's just like medicine sure or well, I mean, I suppose like geology sounds really cool, like geology rocks, you know? A lot of them end in ology. Ology. What, what is, you should know this. What? What does ology mean? Isn't it like study of? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just take the class. I don't bring I, it down. I, I, I thought maybe you know. It's an exciting uh, week for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Close on a house tomorrow. It's so exciting. I know. It Looking is very exciting. Today. It's like nerve wracking. It's like, oh, I'm a homeowner now, but like, it's exciting. It's fun stuff. We're looking are, forward to it. Are you like, what are you, what are you most excited about having a house? Oh man, not having like, so we're in an apartment right now and we have people above us, people to the side of us because we're on the first level. So I'm looking forward to not having people be loud when I don't want noise <laughs> so so you guys aren't having kids or no i mean we are but like you know <laughs> when i when i can't shut the music out or the sound out you know, that's when, you know it's like ah oh, i don't know that person above me and i can't really do anything about it so no i'm looking forward to having my own place you know bigger kitchen more room a yard be able to grill I can grill now, but like my landlord says you have to grill by the garage, which is like, you know, 20, 30 feet from my apartment. I don't really feel like walking to my garage to grill. So you're going to have like a, like a back patio. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you because your house is, uh, nicer than mine. <laughs> I won't say that. <laughs> And you know it is. I like your house. <laughs> it's a. I like my house too. Yeah. But I'm. I'm also excited for another one of our friends to have a house to like host of. Yeah. No, we're excited to host. I like hosting. You know that. I'm very excited. You've got three fireplaces. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to do with all of them. Can I have one? I don't know. That might be an expensive <laughs> transfer. <laughs> uh, I was. I don't even know how that we do. How they do that. I was so excited for this podcast, John. You know how excited I was? <laughs> I don't know how excited. I was so excited for this podcast and our guest today that I uh, I, I tried to record it last week without either of you here. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. You you made me really nervous. I was home studying per usual on a Tuesday and uh, eating. I think I was eating dinner that I had just made. So it's like I received a text and all of a sudden 
I'm starting to like scarf down food. Like, oh my gosh, maybe I did get the date wrong. And then I called you. I was like, wait, no, it's next week, man. Yeah, I, 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 I felt so bad <laughs> because okay. like every Tuesday, except for this Tuesday, because I had a lot of work to do. Um, every Tuesday without fail, I'll listen to the Hamilton soundtrack Solid. so I can like find somehow to throw in yeah, uh, a reference. And I have not listened to it today, so Ooh. maybe we'll get one. I don't Maybe <laughs> I don't know. It we'll depends. Um, Might be a really obvious one. So I, uh, I I was like totally ready to to talk about something today, and then I, I and then I remembered something else like on my drive home. Mm, okay. Um. So I've got I get two. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you choose. Oh, okay. On the spot. Wow. Uh, A lot of and, pressure. And I'm here. gonna try to be as vague as I can. <laughs> okay. Um. So uh, uh, a school or nuns ooh Let's talk about uh, nuns <laughs> yeah it's kind of big i was kind of hoping you pick school cuz oh. school starts to speak for a bunch of kids okay. but All right, sorry. you don't know that you don't know that it's okay we're, we're going to go with, we'll go with nuns this is yeah. the one i'm less prepared for but um, we, we can switch it to school no it's man. It, it's it's okay all right it's okay we'll roll with it yeah, let's switch it to school. Okay, school. Here we go. <laughs> so I gave you, I tried to give you the illusion of choice, <laughs> but you didn't do exactly what I wanted you to do. So school, school. Yeah, I'm really glad you you chose school. Yeah, there we go. Um, we'll save the nun one for another day. Um, not about a real nun. So I mean, it doesn't really count. Oh, okay. Um, so school starts this week for lots of kiddos. Yeah. in the area. Yep. And I used to be a teacher. I know. I'm a recovery teacher, as I've yes. said multiple times. Uh, when I was teaching, and I just had a oh, I just had a fantasy draft not like this last weekend. Solid. Um, did the unrelated? Did the first thing in my nine years of playing fantasy football, more than that, ten years, eleven years. Um, I drafted Timmy Brady. Wow, Tom Brady. Hmm. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of Tom Brady. Oh, that's bold. Um, so I immediately traded him. Yeah, for Jalen Hurts. But okay. Um. That was just exciting because every pick I made in the draft, and if anybody who's listening just played fantasy football, every pick that I made, I hated. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't believe I'm picking this yeah. guy. I don't like this guy. But, you know, you you, you try to get the value. I had a fantasy baseball draft like that. My first year I did it. I was like, oh, this is, I don't like any of these guys. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why I did this. You're just trying to get value. Regrets. Anyway, um, so... One of the guys in that in that league is a teacher buddy of mine who I taught with for a couple of years in Green Bay, and when I was a teacher in 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 Two Rivers, we graded on the standards based okay. scale instead of a letter scale. So when you and I went to school and everyone else went to school, um, we had letter grading system. It was a percentage based, right? Sixty percent like, as a D, seventy yeah. percent as a C, yada yada yada. Yeah, um, but that makes kids feel bad. Because they have to do better than halfway to, to pass something, and that's mean. So yeah. uh, we that. we instead, we go to standards-based. So we break down everything that you need to learn in standards. Okay. So like if you need to know how to solve an equation, we break that down into little steps. And then you get a rating. Um, it used to be um, C, uh, P, and M for complete, proficient, and mastery. Um, so we did... Instead, zero, one, two, and now it's 
zero one two three four, which is getting suspiciously close to A B C D F. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like, we're getting really close to just having an A B C D E. <laughs> All right, no, we skipped the E. Um, I wonder what E was skipped, but but um, so th- the whole reason behind it is that like you can break down a, a learning thing, whatever you're supposed to learn into like hey you are proficient in this or you can do the bare minimum here so we're going to say that you completed the standard now you can also master the standard and there's a lot of debate on what that like line to line looks like um and i'm not here to talk about teaching education or teaching philosophy because i don't care uh but and i do care a little bit but um I was starting to think about this as as, as in regards to like prayer life, mm-hmm. um, and in just our, in our liturgical life. Okay. So if you've got a standard, um, let's just go with solving equations. Everybody knows what a solving equation. Is. Uh-huh. So you can you can be able to solve an equation. You can make the bare minimum. We'll say, hey, John knows how to solve three step equations. We put an equation in front of him. He can solve it. Boom, he's got the standard done. You move, you move on. You're excited. Good for you. Yay. Um, <laughs> but you can also be able to apply an equation to a word problem or a situation. And you can apply that solution and interpret what that means. That's mastery. At both of those levels, you've, quote unquote, met the standard. Okay. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, John... Um, you've done the bare minimum, you've completed the standard, um, and maybe, you know, Jim, Bob, Jim, Bob, whatever, um, he masters it. Okay. So as far as like the standard is concerned, you've both met the criteria. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Okay. But you would argue, you could argue that Jim, Bob probably has a better understanding and has done better than you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, he's mastered. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> and I apply this. I'm the. I'm going to turn the mirror directly on myself for this. In our prayer life, mm-hmm. in our liturgical life, um, how often do we think about God as this, as as this accepting God who just wants to, who was who was going to accept us no matter what, which is true, mm-hmm. which is true. Um, so he's going to accept whatever we give him. So let's just give him bare minimum. Mm. I, yeah. you should pray. God wants us to pray. Right. So if I pray for five seconds, I have prayed to God. God is happy about that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Could have given him more. I could have been, you're right. I could have been distracted that whole five seconds. I could have not cared that whole five seconds to God hear my prayer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did I do what God wanted? Absolutely. Yeah. But is it better for my relationship with God mm. to instead sit maybe for five seconds, but intently? Right. Maybe for a minute intently with an intention. Why am I coming to prayer? Am I giving God glory? Am I asking for forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Am I asking for whatever I need? Because that's what God asks us to do, right? And then am I giving him more praise and thanking him and telling him that I love him. Right. When we, and, and I, I see this sometimes even in, and I'm going to get spicy. Oh, <laughs> I see this sometimes even in mass sometimes mm. where 
the mass is the mass, and I, I am, I will die on that hill. That the mass is the mass is the mass. Um, the sacrifice of the mass is perfect in every way, shape, or form, and it, it's exactly what it needs to be. Right. But how often do we approach mass with just that? Well, the sacrifice is happening. Jesus is, Jesus is made present in the Eucharist. We did perfectly fine. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. But. If there's no other life in the mass, are we just barely meeting the standard? Mm. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Are we giving everything that we can in the mass, Mm. in our prayer life? Are we pulling out all the stops for God? Because while it's true that absolutely we're worshiping God the way that he, he wants us to, and God's going to accept our prayers, he's going to accept the sacrifice of the mass, absolutely. That's definitely 100% true. Mm-hmm. But think about like if the <laughs> if like the queen's going to come visit or the pope's going to come visit <laughs> yeah. or the mayor's going to come visit or you've got a big event or something. You're going to pull out all the stops. Right. I was just, yeah, I was thinking that about like the bare minimum, like you've achieved what is to be done, right? Like if you did the bare minimum of cleaning or like getting the house started you have guests coming over right you did the bare minimum of at least making it look presentable but like when we all know what it feels like to be on the receiving end of bare minimum like you walk into let's say like a hotel or a restaurant or something (laughs) and it's just an okay experience right like you got fed you have food in your stomach it was achieved but like when places go above and beyond, it's, wow, I'm going to come back. I'm going to go back there. I'm going to go back to that restaurant. I'm going to go back to that hotel. I'm going to go back to wherever it was because I had such a great experience. So we know what it feels like to be on the receiving end of that. Now, like you said before, God loves everything that we give him. As long as it is pure of heart, as long as it's in a, in a, uh, prayerful and faithful and devotion, a devotional way, right? But like, if we're giving, like, why would we, why would it, why would we give the bare minimum in our prayer life if we know giving the bare minimum in other areas of our life isn't usually well received? Right. You know, I, so. I, and that's that's just something I've kind of just been thinking about. I've been thinking about it for it, seen it for a long time. And um, again, I turn the mirror, I turn the mirror directly on myself. I am the first to admit that my mm-hmm. prayer life is not good. I mean, it's not like yeah. it's not where it needs to be. Exactly. And I'm not, and I'm not tooting my own horn. I mean, I just, you know, my prayer life is definitely not where it should be. You know, there's always room for growth. There's always areas that uh, you can always expand on. Um, but that desire to, but there should be a desire to grow off of the bare minimum, you know. So, yeah, so yeah. So it just um, it's just kind of just kind of been on my on my heart that we need to, um, we need to. As a priest told me in confession uh, not too long ago, just suck it up and do it. Yeah, just, right. Just do it. Look, look as at Shia LaBeouf. Once, Sh- yes, Shia LaBeouf. You know, Shia LaBeouf, dude. Out. I'm so yeah. excited. Okay, we could, we could, 
Should we leave that for another day? The Shia LaBeouf news. Shia LaBeouf is going to be Catholic after doing yeah. uh, his role as Padre Pio. Yeah, he was Bible. on oh, Bishop Barron's podcast. Hour and a half long. I have yet to watch it. I haven't had a minute to do it yet. Um, I thought it was only like 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, it's an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, never mind. I got I to gotta, like, put aside time to watch this. But he is in the process of like becoming Catholic uh, due to his experience of portraying uh, Padre Pio in his upcoming movie. That's crazy. That's so, uh, it's so cool. It is. Re- it is really. It is just really, really cool. It is really neat. Um, yeah. So, so speaking of um, so not doing the bare minimum and going above right. and beyond, I'm so excited for our next guest. Know, somebody who does go above and beyond. <laughs> above and beyond the the we bare minimum. Definitely strive to to be, in my opinion. Thanks. Right. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Deacon Mike Dole's all right. Yes. Is is our our guest today? Uh, thanks so much for for being on with us, uh, Deacon. Yeah, I was doing fine till you guys started talking about how excited you were to have me here. And I'm like, <laughs> are you sure you're talking about me? We are. We are very excited. It it it's all about uh, humility. Mm, good. And and we we expect uh, nothing but straight fire from you. See, that was the other thing that really freaked me out because I heard you talk like a couple uh, sessions ago about this straight fire, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> where Where are we going?" <laughs> I did. I did see. I'm. I'm not ignoring you, Deacon. Um, I did see your. Yeah, I. I have Facebook Messenger. Um, I don't use it very often. So like I said, it's like, oh, it's a message request. I'm like, I'm not even gonna look at that. It's probably some guy trying to sell me. Like, yeah, your vacuum cleaner, a curvy vacuum cleaner from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, uh, that being from you, I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, I'm gonna see him in a couple of days. It'll be fun. <laughs> um, so so yeah, uh, thanks so much for for being for being with us, Deacon. Um, and obviously we're gonna we're gonna ask you to like. Obviously, we're putting the the word Deacon, the the title Deacon, in front of you. Um, so you were um were you a cradle Catholic? Yes, actually, I um. Uh, well, my wife and I both um, grew up in Antigo uh, in Catholic families. So, so uh, yeah, I've, I've been a Catholic all my life. And um, I was thinking recently about my family, my, my mom and dad, my birth family, and, and some of the gifts that I was given as a young person, as a child. And... Um, one of the one of the greatest gifts that we were given as children growing up in that family was that every night before we went to bed my mom would like yell up the steps you know we were all up on the second floor and mom and dad slept in the in the bedroom downstairs and she would she would yell up the steps don't forget your prayers don't forget your That's prayers awesome. yeah and uh the other phenomenal gift that they gave us is um, like the security of being in a in a family uh, where they're, you know, like I, I don't think I can I can think of a time in my young life where I was afraid, mm. you know, and I, I think about how what I what I now know about how children grow up and and what they need, like in their first three years 
you know, where they're really learning what it means to be a, a, a human being. And, and the, one of the biggest things they learn in those first three years is safety and security, you know, and to have, have that kind of family that I grew up in where I was never wanting mm-hmm. or never afraid of anything or, um, just being in that family where, uh, never in my entire life, uh, did I have to be concerned about mom and dad's relationship, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it, those were the two biggest things I think they gave us as, uh, as their children It'd be phenomenal gifts, phenomenal gifts. Is that, um, cause you're a parent yourself. Yes. Um, how did you, uh, how did you try to bring that that security to your own family as you were having kiddos and starting a family? How did you bring that security uh, into your own household? Well, I think some of it is a little organic for me and my wife um, just because of the, the known... Um, the known security that we have in our relationship. Uh, you know, there's, there's really no questions there. Um, and knowing that that is going to filter down to the kids. Uh, but in, uh, in other families, the, the thing, one of the things that I've noticed is, is, um, well, for me, music is very, very important. So, my best thing that that I know that I have no regrets about, uh, especially with our, our our first two, the twins that are now 33 years old, married and with children, um, was that they grew up with uh, Christian music, um, knowing that they had uh, music running around in their brain that spoke to them about something sacred was mm-hmm. just phenomenal. And of course, the other thing, the other little things, praying and and uh, going to church and and all those important uh, things that you would expect from a, a religious family. So, and that's really that's really cool. I, I like yeah. I like hearing that kind of stuff. And um, so, you go from um, and and I'm sure that, like the security and this knowledge of faith, and you've got this, you've got a prayer life i'm assuming as a as a child and as a family which is which is super important you see a yeah yeah um i remember one time when i was um a young parent uh the kids were probably in grade school and i was listening at that time i would i would wake up to christian talk radio and uh, the show that I just absolutely loved to listen to at that time was Dr. James Dobson's Focus on the Family. And I would wake up to that. And um, they started this one show. And they started talking about loneliness mm-hmm. and how to, how to work through loneliness and how, how not to be so, feel so lonely. And as I'm laying there half awake, you know, working on, you know, waking up, I thought, yeah, I, loneliness. Yeah, I know what that's all about. And then I like almost had to kick myself. I'm like, no, honestly, 
I really don't know <laughs> what that is like mm. because I have always been surrounded by brothers and sisters mm. and cousins. Uh, we grew up um, just a few miles out of town, surrounded by my grandfather's potato farm. So there were always cousins within like a bike ride away from us. That's pretty awesome. You know, I, I yeah. have memories of, of dirt paths and the smell of mud um, because of the, <laughs> the times that we have been on those dirt paths going to see what we can have fun with, with our, our cousins. But the biggest thing is that because my mom and dad instilled this prayer life, into us, mm -hmm. um, I have never felt alone because Jesus, uh, because God was always just like one thought away from me. Just one thought away. Yeah. Uh, I interrupted you. No, oh, that's okay. <laughs> hey man, it, this is, it's your show today. It's not our <laughs> show today. Um, so I am curious then, um, because you've got this, as you, as you said, God's always a, a, a thought away and, um, praise, praise God for that. Right. Um, so how does, and, and it, I'm really curious because it seems like you've, you, you grew up in a very devout household, a very connected household with a strong relationship to, to our Lord. Um, what is your, what is your vocation search then look like? And, I, and I'm always curious because um, deacons, it, it, permanent deacons like yourself, yeah, um, like Deacon Mark, who we we had in the podcast earlier, um, you're kind of living out two vocations, mm. also one kind of at the same time. Yeah. So like you're married, but you're also a deacon. Yeah. So I'm curious what that vocational journey looks like for you. Um, I'm more curious and. Uh, whether you, and I'm sure you did, consider priesthood, and how, how, what does that journey look like for you through marriage to, to being a, a, a deacon? Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, you're making me think about kind of like the word redemption, you know, where we have something and maybe it's not perfect or maybe it's even awful and uh we give it to god and uh, he changes it he makes it into something beautiful and sacred and um maybe we should pray about this before i say <laughs> <laughs> and this this uh this little prayer is uh, a bit of redemption for me um, I'm sure the two of you have heard of the song Kumbaya. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Once or twice. Uh, Deacon's got a, a, a guitar with him. Oh, yeah, I uh, forgot to tell people. <laughs> <laughs> you guys so can't if, see us if, right if, now. If but. he sounds a little <laughs> far away from the mic, it's because he's he's hunched over his guitar trying to <laughs> keep the guitar away from the microphone and away from... Bumping into things. First yeah. live performance on his Yeah, this is, this is pretty big time. Like, yeah. This is... No pressure. We're going to ask you for autographs. So, redemption. After this. Okay. So, redemption. Um, I'll just talk a little louder. Um, I absolutely love the melody of the, I guess you would call it African um, 
spirituality, uh, African tune, um, African spiritual, that's the word I was looking for, of uh, Kumbaya. Yeah. But I, I despise the song because I didn't know what Kumbaya was. <laughs> you know, and later in my life, as you know, I would have the opportunity to get reconnected to this because, oh, Mike, you play guitar. Yeah. Um, well, come to our bonfire or whatever, you know. Um, I, I didn't know what it was, and I found out that there is no such word in any language. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So here I am. I, li- I like this tune, but I can't sing the song because it sounds like a prayer, and I don't know what I'm praying, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, um, you know, as, a, as an adult, uh, maybe before or shortly after I became a deacon, I was asked to be part of a, um, a spiritual uh gathering around a campfire and the one who was coordinating it uh asked if i could play the kumbaya thing and i'm like (laughs) and uh and she she said well i'll send you the music yeah okay i don't have the music because i i would never play that song but okay good and when i got the music there was this hint of the story to kumbaya and um Later, I found out that the story is that the the missionaries who presented this song um, in the African, wherever they were in their mission, uh, the story goes that they were leaving. They had to, that's all the time that they could have there. And so they sang this song as they were leaving, and the people who they were leaving behind um, didn't really catch everything. So Mm. they saying what they thought they heard. <laughs> yes. So the story now is that it really isn't kumbaya, it's come by here. Oh. Come by here. Interesting. So, <clears throat> all right. What a what a, <laughs> a fun redemption. I, I, okay. I, I, yeah, I never knew that. So, uh, cool. from some from absolutely craziness, I don't know what it is to like one of my favorite songs because God gave me the opportunity to learn more about it, yeah, and and to actually now pray it. Uh, so, for the sake of the one who gave this to me, because um, from what I understand, she's having some health is- issues, and, and pray with me if you would. Come by here, my Lord.
Amen. Nice. Amen. So you were starting to ask me about my journey uh, into the diaconate. And um, I would have to, I, I laughed a little bit. And uh, you made me think about redemption uh, because I, I have to back up a bit and um, go to a place in my spiritual journey that was not very um, fun. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was very frustrating. I was, because uh, of my love of music, I was catechized by contemporary Christian radio. And um, one of the main things that contemporary Christian radio has, if nothing else, is this joy in living a spiritual life that is portrayed. Um, you know, and and I guess some of it is kind of like Facebook. You know, you you only see the good mm, things, but right. um, there is that that emotion and that joy that is part of contemporary Christian radio. And I was really really frustrated as a young adult because, and, and even into my uh, life as a, a young married person, because I felt <clears throat> like we were alone, my wife and I. In this journey there weren't things that we either took advantage of or just weren't even available to us uh, to grow with other people and there is one thing that I know about my spirituality is that I do not want to be alone in this journey mm. I need <laughs> I need you guys um, and so uh, uh, I, I've been really impressed by what y'all are doing here and and I am so grateful when I can stand next to someone in matters of faith. Mm. So um, I I felt alone, you know, going to church every Sunday. Um, there weren't the abilities for me, or I didn't take advantage of them to the point where I I didn't know about the people that I was going to mass with every weekend. Right. right. Uh, we just come and. And uh, what is that thing? Instead of being together like a bunch of grapes and getting smushed together and bleeding on each other, we are just clicking like a bag of marbles and then going off our separate mm. way. That's a interesting way of looking at. It. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so very frustrated, and uh, actually was looking at getting out of the Catholic Church. I thought, well, if these Protestants are having all this fun with faith. Um, and understanding that, uh, again, I say I was catechized as an adult by contemporary Christian radio, so I had a lot of Protestant thoughts going through my head. I, um, I started walking away, and uh, my wife, uh, praise the Lord for her, and uh, um, our, our, our real friendship that we have, um, the love that we share, um, she was not interested in walking away. And so there was a struggle and it got to the point, oh, bless her soul. It got to the point where she and I could not even have conversation at home because of this like huge elephant in the room, you know, this item that is not settled in yeah. my mind. And I am so frustrated and it's like the only thing on my mind and she's heard enough of it. And uh, so our conversation at home was like, okay, so what do you need? What do the kids need? You know, are we all ready for that? 
and it was horrible. It was mm. horrible. Mm. Um, but uh, at that time, there were some things that were coming into play. Um, uh, we had uh, the one thing that we did avail ourselves of is a uh, conversation with one of the Franciscan Sisters of Christian Charity. And I have grown to just absolutely love the fact that uh, not only did I grow up with the Franciscan Sisters of Christian Charity as they served my parish of St. John's in Antigo, um, but then to be able to live here next to the mother house where right. the fire of their prayers <laughs> are just, you know, uh, blowing stuff out of the water. Um, anyway, so we, we took advantage of a friendship that we had developed with a, a little Irish a nun named Sister Mary Rose O'Connell. Uh, bless her soul, she's gone on. And uh, and uh, she challenged me. She, she said, Mike, before you leave, you should really know what it is you're leaving mm. before you go. Mm. Because I'm not sure that you do. And she was completely right. <laughs> and uh, shortly thereafter, um, Relevant Radio actually came on the air. And... Uh, in my um, day job, I am a volunteer. I have a volunteer position here at the parish as a permanent deacon. In my day job, um, I am a, a technician for AT&T, and I spent 30 years as an outside technician, and now the last seven or so as an inside technician working in the switching center. So when Relevant Radio came on the air, I spent my days driving around town uh, being recatechized, <laughs> praise <laughs> praise the Lord uh, for that, and uh, I I was uh, so blessed by it because I, I got to uh, really solidify some of the things that I really hadn't taken to heart in uh, in our Catholic faith, and now uh, the two things that really um, I know I can never be anything else um, because where would I get the Eucharist? Mm-hmm. If I went somewhere else, where where would I get Jesus right, right. in the sacrament? And and if I went somewhere else, where would I go to confess my sins and be reconciled to God? I, I can't get that anywhere else. Mm. Right. And so um, I learned that I couldn't leave. Learned that I couldn't leave, and then and then um, <clears throat> shortly after that. Um, we learned about this, you know, because God knows what you need. God knows what you need. So he knew what I needed. And um, and very shortly before this, he brought a retreat ministry here to Manitowoc from Des Moines, Iowa. There was a couple that moved here. And uh, it's Deacon Rich and Betty Bonneman. And um, they had the parish uh, retreat ministry in their parish. And they really, when they came here, they really missed that little, like, church within the church Mm, community. And so they had started that. And um, for me to be able to go to that retreat and be here in this city with people that I know have been touched 
by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, and that are, are longing to grow closer to Jesus. Um, and to be able to walk around town and bump into those people once in a while and know that I'm not alone mm-hmm. right. was exactly what I needed, exactly what I needed. And um, even to think about like your, your life, you know, the kind of footprints in the sand thing, you know, mm. I'm, I'm from Anigo. Okay. I went to tech school for one year. I got a job down in Milwaukee for AT&T. I married my high school sweetheart <laughs> that um, we started. Oh, I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I can. Uh, I don't think my son is listening to this podcast just yet. So uh, we started dating the Friday after her 16th birthday. How long did you tell him he has to wait? <laughs> <laughs> um, he has a friend already. <clears throat> okay. So, All right. Yes. Anyway, so... It's safe for me to just say, like, no... I used to tell the kids when I taught, no dating till after you're married. <laughs> but don't marry anybody you don't date. <laughs> They're like, Mr. G, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know it doesn't make sense. Stay off of each other. <laughs> Anyway, so, um, so yeah, so the footprints in the sand, I, I, um, I got a job with AT&T in Milwaukee and then we got married and then we lived for five or six years in Green Bay and, and then God brought us here to Manitowoc. Mm. There was an opening, an ability for me to transfer and here we are in Manitowoc where I can listen to relevant radio close enough to the translator and the, and the tower. And, and yet here in this community, there is a parish retreat ministry where I can get connected to people and know I'm not alone. Hmm. So even, even that to think about those little, um, those little rocks, that I walked across or, or those footprints in the sand that I could look back on where God was leading us. And here is, here is everything I need plus some. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's important for people to always step back and to look at, you know, um, something at the time that may not have seemed big, you know, like, Oh, I moved to Manitowoc for a job or, Oh, I, I did this, but you look back and you, uh, put all the pieces together and it turns into a, a beautiful mosaic of, of what God wanted and intended for you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. like you said, you're striving for that maybe community feel of, you know, you felt alone um, and you had that conversation with the nun and, and now here you are, you know, you, that, that ministry came here and you stayed and it's a good thing that you stayed because uh, God was like, no, I, I, I have something planned for you. You just you stick with me and I'll, I'll, I'll guide you in the right place. Yeah. Right, right direction. So, so then shortly after that, the question became, okay, God, you got me. <laughs> now what? <laughs> now what? Yeah. yeah. You know, and, uh, um, it's interesting to think about what's going on in our parish and continues to happen through that retreat ministry. Um, uh, all of the deacons, 
who have born, been ordained in, you know, for, from the Manitowoc Parish have been part of that retreat ministry. Mm. They have gone to that retreat ministry. They have been touched by God in a certain way. And, and this, this, um, this uh, CEW, Christian Experience ask, Weekend. That's, that's what it is, right? Yeah, the CEW um, is actually a, a child of Crisio. It came about because there was a, a moratorium on Crisio for a time, and the parishes couldn't <laughs> just not do it. So they they um, they did uh, patterned after the Crisio, but a weekend, mm-hmm. not a not a four or five day thing that the Crisio is. It's just a weekend, but enough to, you know, light someone's fire, uh, allow them to be touched by God and, and take a second to find out what he might want from me now that he's got me Mm. anyway. So that's just a little bit about the CW, but that's, that's, uh, where I ended up now. Now you have me, what do you want? What, what do you want now? And um, they, uh, when I was going through the diaconate process, then I remember taking one of the uh, psychological evaluation things. Mm. <laughs> and uh, when I was done, the uh, the guy who was facilitating the tool. Um, said something on the order of uh you're kind of an atypical <laughs> candidate um he said you know it's interesting you uh you actually scored a lot like a um so- sociopath <laughs> <laughs> no he said uh, you actually score a lot like a lawyer <laughs> oh, right, so yeah, yeah. sociopath <laughs> what'd you say yeah yeah no hate, no hate, no hate. Lawyers insult either. <laughs> anyway, so it was a, it was an interesting, um, it was an interesting journey into the diaconate. And initially, um, when I went to the diocese, it was, what is this? What is this about? And um, I don't know if I'm being called hmm. into the diaconate, but I, um, I discovered that call through others you know there were people who were uh, watching me and um, they were asking questions Um, I had in a couple opportunities to uh, you know speak uh, for the parish in one of those situations where they're promoting something and they need somebody to say something at the podium and and um and then they they heard that I was uh, in the commission ministry program and um, trying to figure out you know what it means to be a deacon and they they were like oh Mike you would be such a good deacon and I'm like what are you what are you what are you what do you think you're seeing <laughs> what are you looking at yeah uh, yeah um, but. It was it was through those conversations with those people that I discovered that God was calling me and and there are often times where I still look at him and I say what were you thinking <laughs> and um, 
Okay, so um, just so that we can get the jokes out of the way and I won't have to try and figure out one of your jokes and then sit here for thinking, oh, man, these guys are way too smart. I shouldn't be here. Um, oh, we're, we're not that smart. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway. we'll, get that, we'll, we'll get that across the way. I didn't, right. mean, I didn't mean it was We apology. are not smart dudes. <laughs> anyway, so um, so here's here's the deacon joke. Uh, or here's here's the I shouldn't have said that. Here's the joke. What is what is the most uh, pitiful, uh, needy uh, creature in all the world that uh, they need all seven sacraments in order to get to heaven? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Uh, okay. So anyway, so yeah, there are times when I I I ask God, I'm like, what do you want from me? Why did you do this? Why did you call me to this place? And um, when I am kneeling next to the altar uh, during the consecration, um, I just I just think, well, okay, um, you needed me. I needed I needed to be this close mm. in order for me to to get to heaven, and you knew that I needed to be this close. Otherwise, I, I don't, I, you know, there are a lot of things that the Spirit brings my way, and there are times when um, I know the Lord is using me, uh, and I am blessed by that. But, you know, when I think about why, <laughs> why, God, would you do something this silly um, um, for myself? It's, uh, it's the realization that He knows what I need. Mm. And that, that, that's a, I mean, that's a humbling experience. I think, you know, I, I think everybody kind of has that moment somewhere in their faith journey where God has to literally be as close as he can mm-hmm. to them or show like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, the movie Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great movie. If you ever get the, get <laughs> yeah. the chance, um, Morgan Freeman is God. Yes. Uh, in that in yeah. that film, um, and Jim Carrey's character is driving in the rain, like asking God, like "Give me a sign, God! Give me a sign, God!" And like God keeps giving him like actual signs. Like <laughs> there's a truck that like passes in front of him with like all these like stop and caution signs, and he's just angry at the truck for getting in his way. And um, that you know he he spoiler alert he goes off the cliff or whatever and. You know, he quote unquote dies, and he and and God's like, well, you think you can do a better job than me? Like, go ahead, have some fun. Um, that's the premise of the the, the yeah. film, which is yeah. really great. It's a yes. hilarious, yes. hilarious film. Um, but sometimes that I think everybody has that moment in their yeah. life, yeah. where God has to literally say, right here, here, look, no, let me grab your face, <laughs> look right there. Do yes. you see it? Do you see it? And you're like. Oh my goodness, how did I not see this before? And I also think too, this is like, you know, with vocations, there's a lot of times where it's like, oh, why why did I do this? You know, or like, oh man, is this really what I'm called for? Of you know, whether it be work or, or whatnot. And then, you know, in the in those moments we we always need we, we sometimes need reminders of, of why, you know, and, and for you it's it's sitting in front of you know, the Eucharist, you know, literally so close to it. Um, and, uh, and, and if we slow our, our minds down 
And instead of just finding excuses of, of to not do something, you know, of like every, you could, you could come up with a, a lot of reasons to not do something or not be something. Um, and then, but sometimes it takes just one reason of, of, you know, okay, I need to be, I need to do this and this is why. And, uh, then we, we can keep going. We can continue, you know, on that, on that path. You can find a lot of reasons why not to do something, but sometimes it only takes one reason to do something to, to know that this is the right thing to do. So, yeah. So, um, so you're, you, uh, CW brought yeah. you maybe that news Christian contemporary radio, um, brings you back. Uh, this re- retreat community, um, CW said, right? Yes. Uh, is the, is the, uh, another catalyst in your life that yep. kind of brings you, from God. uh, closer to, to the Lord, closer to this vocation of the diaconate. Um, people start telling you, Hey, you know, Mike, you should start looking at maybe becoming a deacon. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go to the diocese, you ask about the program and you did the you did the psychological <laughs> workup yeah. you're a lawyer and, and uh yeah go ahead with your question and then uh, uh, uh bringing everybody back to where we were um where are we going where are we going from there yeah it was actually interesting that um i i ended up with uh an extra year uh in the beginning uh the diocese uh in their uh great wisdom and I love what the diocese is doing with their commission ministry. I guess it's Emmaus program now, uh, or I don't know. Maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe that was the last name of it anyway. But that process that they use to uh, train people who are going to be leaders in the in the parishes, uh, including the, the diaconate, um, they're always looking at how do we, you know, is there something that we can do better? Mm. And... Um, uh, striving for excellence. So I'm, I'm very proud to be in a diocese like this. Um, but anyway, in their infinite and great wisdom, they said, um, when I first went, they said, you know, you just had this turnaround in your spiritual journey. Um, how about if we let that, you know, let the dust settle on that and Mm, you come back and and we make an appointment for next year Mm. And, uh, and we'll have you come back. Mm, yeah. And so, um, I ended up with an extra year of discernment in the beginning. And then, um, as things got really, uh, going along quite well, um, our twins were 16. Um, we were, we were blessed with a bonus baby. <laughs> Literally, literally blessed with a bonus baby. And um, so instead of doing the, instead of doing the night classes, which you can get through the things faster, um, I stepped back and started taking Saturday classes, which spaces the classes out just because Mm -hmm. you can't do two in a week. and it allowed me to take time for homework, yeah. um, and uh, 
and kind of let the chaos settle in our lives, in our family life. And uh, so it was as an extra year at the end as well. So I I started with one group and then fell back and and was ordained with a different group of guys. And uh, yeah, so let's let the dust settle on this for a year. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, at least it was, uh, it is, as Deacon Mark put it, uh, when you're going to be a deacon, you're just kind of waiting for somebody to say no to you. Um, they weren't saying no to you. They were just saying, you know, let's, let's just hit the pause button. Right. You know, just kind of see right. where you're at because you can be, we can be emboldened for a, for a short amount of, amount of time. Um, I always kind of akin that just kind of, again, turning the mirror on myself and how much I uh, struggle. Um, every time I try to pray in Novena, uh, really like gung-ho for the first two or three days, and then like, <laughs> I never finish it. Fun fact, um, I have finished two Novenas in my lifetime. Okay. Um, the Divine Mercy, Divine Mercy Novena, okay. um, because that's a that's an easy one. <laughs> uh, and... And so I struggle with novenas. The only other novena, quote unquote, that I've been able to do is the um, forty-five day novena to Our Lady. Okay. Um, yep. Where it's like it's it's um, multiple novenas in like petition, and then like multiple novenas in um, penance. Okay. And I I, I I prayed that novena. It was a it was a rosary every every day with multiple other like prayers. Um, and that was before I asked Elizabeth to marry me. Mm. That's what I did like in preparation for that. So that that huge, <laughs> huge one, and then the Divine Mercy Novena every year. The only novenas I can like because I just forget about them. I don't. I I just feel bad That's because the Divine fair. Mercy one is. Well, I know how to pray the Divine Mercy chaplet. Right. That's not a really big deal. I can do that. And then I know how to pray the Rosary. You know that'd be really easy to do, but these yeah. other novenas without like they have the prayer for themselves. I love Saint Joseph. I don't think I've ever been able to finish a Saint Joseph novena, which Is there, like cuts me to my yeah. soul. Um, but I was able to do the thirty-three day, thirty-three day consecration <laughs> to Saint Joseph. Can't the, do the novena though. Yeah. <laughs> because so anyway, what I'm what I'm going for besides poking fun at myself. Um, so you you did a novena before proposing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, aren't you weird? Yeah, well, I wanted to make sure because, like, I had this idea in the back of my head. I remember I was looking at the cat, and I was, like, telling him that I was going to ask Elizabeth to marry me. <laughs> Did Rupert say anything He back? didn't say anything back to oh, me. Oh, man. Um, but then I started thinking, so I'm like, hold on a minute. What if God doesn't want me to do that? What if God wants me to be a priest? And it was just, I can't tell Ooh. you, the scariest thought I've ever had yeah. in my entire life yeah. was, what if God wants me to be a priest instead? Oh, man, yeah. Um, and that but, is a question every young man should have to it, ask. Right, because good, and and yeah. I was it. It's I was always so worried. I'm yeah. like, I have to ask God. I have to ask God. But then I'm like, if you ask him, he might say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then if he says yes, like, what are you gonna it. do? Say no back? <laughs> so like, I'm like thinking oh. this like nightmare scenario oh. where God's like, yeah, dude, I I like I I want you to be a priest. Like I need you to be a priest. And then like I have to tell. Uh, this woman who I've been dating for a year, who I want to marry desperately, right. um, who's way up, out of my league. Uh, no, I think God wants me to be a priest. And I'm a baby Catholic at this point. I had been like a Catholic <laughs> for like 
a couple months I had been confirmed. Right. Because I came back to the church. So it was just like a, I, I, it was, it was terrifying to me. Thank God almighty. (laughs) He was not asking me to be a priest because I think maybe, you know, maybe, okay. I might've made a good priest, but God didn't want me to be a priest. It's good to pray about though. Thank the Lord. He did not want me to be a priest. Thank you. Every young man out there that's Catholic should at least think about it and discern it. And I, I, you do the right thing. I do have a strong, like, um, I mean, right before asking, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bold. But you know, you did the right thing. <laughs> I have a strong like, I, I, I like liking to the to the diaconate, um, because I I in, the the idea of taking anything off the the desks of our priests so they can continue to 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 just administer the sac- administer the sacraments is just incredible to like just so appealing to me. But if they're gonna give you a psychological test, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Cameron, and I like half joke. About, oh, boys brunch becomes about brunch. like we have a bunch of guy friends that you know we we get shout out to the boys brunch crew uh-huh. out there uh but we always joke that in like 30 years we're all gonna be like the deacons of, of manitowoc so who knows yeah but that's right deacon but if there's a psyche though i don't know if i'm yeah i don't know i don't know if i'm right for that man <laughs> Okay, so it's his psyche. So you guys are making me think about something. So part of our our faith journey is the, of course, the not knowing, right? And one of my favorite scriptures is the one where uh, Abraham um, is uh, being visited by God, and mm-hmm. um, he says, "You you are going to have a son." And you are going to be the father of many nations. And he's like, you've told me this before, God. You've told me this before. And all I have to show is is my servant. And he's going to inherit everything. And he's not my son. Hmm. And um, God tells him to go outside of his tent and look up into the sky and count the stars if you can, um, and such will be your children. And if you read beyond that sentence, you start to realize that it's the middle of the day. Hmm. Because they go into the covenant then that Abraham has with God, and... Um, you know, it's all these things that are happening before it gets dark. So Abraham is told by God to go outside and count the stars if you can. And he goes outside. And of course, the only thing he's able to see is blue sky and clouds. There, there are no stars out in the middle of the day. There's one. (laughs) Yeah. So he has to take this on faith, knowing that beyond what he can see are all those stars. I never thought of that. Yeah. So I'm going to share another song with you while we're contemplating. Ponder on that for a while. Spirituality. Yeah, dude. Yeah. This is a very old uh, favorite of mine. Uh, It's actually a Rich Mullins tune called Sometimes by Step. And uh, it, uh, it has that um little bit of scripture in it well you know abraham and the stars 
but it's also talking about uh, the journey of faith. <clears throat> Sometimes the night was beautiful Sometimes the sky was so far away Sometimes it seemed to be so close You could touch it but your heart would break Sometimes the morning came too soon Sometimes a day could be so hard There was so much work left to do But so much you've already done Oh God, you are my God And I will ever praise you Oh God, you are my God And I will ever praise you And I will seek you in morning in your ways and step by step you lead me and I will follow you all of my days sometimes I think of Abraham how one star he saw had been lit for me he was a stranger in this land I am that no less than he And on this road to righteousness Sometimes a climb can be so steep I may falter in my steps But never beyond your reach Oh God, you are my God And I will ever praise you seek you in the morning and I will learn to walk in your ways and step by step you lead me and I will follow you all of my days oh God you are my God and I will follow you Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Well done, man. I, I, I really hope that that comes through. Me too. It sounded good on the test. I, I really it hope did. it comes yeah. through. I hope it sounds good on your guys' end. Uh, Otherwise, if awesome. I have to cut it because it sounds bad, there's going to be a weird conversation we're going to have after. It will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe y'all just have to deal with it. <laughs> um, is there anything that I wanted to, I wanted to ask you? Um, I didn't get to ask, um, Deacon Mark. Um, but, um, so as a, I think we kind of maybe already alluded to this when you were, when you had kids. Um, but 
Um, I know that that your your children are devout Catholics. Yes, that who are practicing. Um, yes, we know Dana very well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you. I hope it's okay that I said her name. Yes. Um, that they're they her and her husband Sam are, are very devout. And their their children are beautiful and they're they're awesome. Um, so how how do you how do you build a faith life in your home such that your or maybe you just what do you think you did you and your wife maybe you know maybe more your wife than you I don't know um, but what did you do in your household you think that helped your children stay on the path because our world right now is very anti. It, Absolutely. Very anti-God, very anti-Christendom, very, Absolutely. very, very anti-Catholic. Yep. You step outside the church and everything that you hear is contrary to our faith. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yep. And and I think we, we're getting so much closer to what the Israelites dealt with when they were going through the promised land, that they had to live radically different oh, than the I, world around them I to be set apart by God. I agree. Um, and you know, we, we, we can say like, oh, you know, that was so long ago, you know, all these weird stuff that the Israelites had to deal with, but God had to make them different, had to make them live different to set them apart. Yeah. And I think we're, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like conspiracy theorist, but like we as Catholics have to continue to live radically different than the rest of the world. Yeah. So there are, there are things going on today where we are being persecuted actively. So, so how, how do you, how do you, how do you foster that kind of, um, how, how'd you do it? Yeah. So I, I completely agree with you. When I was growing up, um, there was, a um, a Christian atmosphere in our country. And, uh, then as I saw how, uh, our twins, um, grew up and went through uh, grade school into high school. And at that time, they went to Monroe and then to Lincoln. Um, again, we were still growing in our faith experience. And and uh, anyway, so there is, there is far less gray in our world, and there is far more black and white in our world than it was when I was growing up. So things are radically different in our country today than and in our world today than what I grew up in. But I think uh, one of the things that I I would mention is the as far as it, as far as it goes to toward our children and the things that we have not regretted um, is a little bit of the psychology of the family and spirituality. And um, that is where, um, if, if if it's important to the parents, mm. the children yeah. learn that it's important, mm. okay? right? And if if there's a division between the mother and the father on any subject, doesn't matter what it is, the normal thought would be, well, they're going to choose one side or the other. You know, they're going to they're going to see what they like about dad's side and they're going to go with him or they're going to see what they like about mom's side and they're going to go with her. That's not the case. What the children find out is where mom and dad have disagreements. Um, those things are not important. Mm. Oh, and they sure. and they completely ignore them. 
Okay. Um, the other thing that is really huge uh, with families, and um, I, I go back to my family, and I thank God for the gift that I was given in my family, but um, when it comes to matters of faith, there is something about having a father um, actively involved in faith matters right. that, that just um, can't be denied, yeah. cannot be denied. So um, fathers, um, you know, it, it is important that fathers are involved in faith life and that they, they um, at least attempt to make some type of lead uh, role play some lead role in, in faith matters in the family uh, because then the children know how important it is. Mm. If mom and dad agree on it and dad is, is really, really on board, I mean, they, they've done the studies too where like if one parent is the faithful one and how well the children do with, with remaining in the faith, um, um, if mom is the faithful one, you know, bless bless the hearts of mothers because their prayers are powerful. Mm, but if it's mom, so, yeah. there there is a less percentage of children that will follow. Uh, if it's dad and he's alone, uh, there is a higher percentage of of children who do follow the faith. Um, so there is there is something, and I think actually it goes back to the reality of, um, um, you know, Pope John Paul II's uh, theology of the body, mm. where we learn as um, as children of God, uh, uh, as human beings on this planet, something about God and uh, the spiritual world by what we experience here on this planet. And mm-hmm. when there is a loving father involved in the home, that helps the children understand that they have a loving heavenly father. You know, and and the the same with you know the loving mother. There is there is something about that those things that we learn in our families uh, that help us understand things about the sacred. That that's that's really great because I I think you know one one day God willing you know if if the Lord blesses us with with children, my wife and I. Um, that if if our children stay Catholic, um, that would be enough for me. That would be enough. Mm, yeah. Um, because that's my job as as a as a father, as a husband, um, to pull a my wife to to heaven and to pull my children to heaven. Yeah. And it would it would that would be enough for me. Um, did and I'm I'm a little curious since like you had that. There was a time in your life, even after you were married, uh, where you were struggling. Like before, um, contemporary radio like recatechized you, right? Um, do you do you feel like after you had your f- twins, you're your first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after you had your twins, that like that spurred your faith even f- further, or like was I was I gr- like a like a greater call to action for you. You have children yet, John? I don't. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, so I get to throw this on both of you. Yeah. You, yeah. We're, <laughs> grab the 
pad and paper. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. just a just a little revelation. You can give spicy homilies here. It's all right. You can. No, it's, it's okay. Right. Good, um, <laughs> I remember when the twins were born, and and there is a, a phenomenal story that goes with this because the um, uh, the twins came early, and the only vehicle that I ever purchased uh, brand new from the dealership was late <laughs> how how early they were um they, they were like two weeks okay okay earlier than okay. what we were expecting but yet um like dana had um uh, symptoms of being even earlier mm. Mm. yeah okay. preemie king yeah yeah so um anyway um so it was uh, May fifth, okay, and they were they were born during a uh, a spring uh, winter uh, thunder storm. <laughs> so it was snowing, and it was thundering and lightning. Oh, okay, man, Wisconsin weather. Yes, it was the only time that I had ever experienced a May uh, winter. Th- thunderstorm <laughs> Only yeah we had we had like uh, uh four to six inches of snow in green bay um we were blessed to be able to go to straight to saint vincent's and there were women in the hallway uh who were preparing to deliver in the hallway because oh there goodness. weren't enough birthing rooms at saint vincent's that <laughs> night wow so um you know barometric pressure is a thing uh, but I remember being changed the day that I saw those two faces. Mm. I mean, um, uh, I didn't take a lot of time off work. I don't think that was a popular thing when mm-hmm. Nick and Dana were born in uh, 89. And um, so I remember going to work the next day and all the safety training that I received from AT&T uh, just got ratcheted up immediately. <laughs> and, um, and then a similar thing, um, you know, because, and this is really about love, okay? Uh, you think you know something about love because your mom and dad love you and you are tolerating your siblings, you know? <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, you have a friend. Well, that's really cool. That's a new thing about love, and you think you know something about love, and then you have a girlfriend, and oh wow, I mean that is <laughs> that is really something about love, and um, and then you think you know something about love, and you get married, mm. you know, and then you say I'm I'm willing to sacrifice for you. As a matter of fact, I I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you can go to heaven, and that you know you're going to be there with me. And, and then you think you know something about love and you have a child. You have a child. And this little creature that has done nothing um, worthy of anything except for they've come into the world, you just have this phenomenal love for this little creature. But um, for those who are grandparents... Um, there's another whole nother <laughs> thing that happens when yeah. your children have children. It's yeah. just like a whole nother level uh, of of love that is even beyond 
your own child. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, did I even ask, answer the question you asked? Uh, maybe I guess I don't. Really <laughs> I, I think I think so. I think <laughs> I think I I think what what you've said is probably better than the question I asked anyway, because it it shows the 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 levels of love that God reveals to us oh, right. through the things that we're we're called to do that we're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah, you know, you're you're called to marriage. Mm-hmm. Um. If you're called to marriage, you make you make the covenant with your spouse, and yeah. you make a covenant with with your spouse in the witness of, yeah. of God. And, um, and, to, and to remember, have God, I don't know what it. I don't have what it takes, <laughs> so you're going to need to help me, uh, right? Be, and, be you, a, and you make that promise to have children, and then you do what you're, <laughs> you're yeah, going to do. And you have yeah. children, and God reveals more love to you, and then um, He reveals even more love when when your children do the same thing and. How incredible is that? That is, that's way better than the question I asked you. I don't even remember. The I think you I did you. answer the question though. It was, uh, did your spirituality or uh, oh, take, that it was like like having became... kiddos. Was that a was that a yes. was there a greater call yeah. to action? It was. It yeah. was uh, at on the day that I saw their faces. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, on the day. You got that dad power. <clears throat> a, did your pun game get any better? No. <laughs> I just realized I dropped. I lied a, to. I just realized I, just realized I dropped a, a baseball pun on both of you guys. That was my that was my bad. Dad power is a once a baseball player becomes a, a dad, they like say they got that dad power now. It's a it's a thing. But I lost the crowd. We're good. All right, let's come back. <laughs> I think you made that up. No, it's not. Look it up. Dad power. Mike Trapp became a dad, and he's like, I got that dad power. And he still can't win anything. That's sad, but fair. That was a... Um, it, it, Major League Baseball is so weird in that uh, um, you can have, like, the greatest play... Like, baseball plays way too many games. Um, but you can That's have, fair. like, a, a baseball player who is like Mike Trout. One Easily one of the most baseball. talented baseball players yeah. of our generation, maybe of all time. Yeah. Bro could go 0 and 5 one night. Bro could go 0 and 5 for like three nights in a row. And it's just like it's the long game with baseball. Yeah. And the thing is that you've just got to get hot. You can at be a right time. You kind of yeah. with a really good pitching staff. What's really cool though about baseball is it's the only sport where you can literally fail 70% of the time and be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. If you're a 300 like, hitter for your career, you're a good ball player. I know weathermen that are better than that. Right, exactly. That's the cool thing about baseball. It's like you can suck 70% of the time and be really good. That's how hard baseball <laughs> is. I failed 70% of the time uh, playing t-ball. Oh, man, that's... Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, I got caught more bugs than than balls yeah. when I played uh, baseball. Yeah. You did, you caught something. I I guess, and when I played basketball, I just scored for the other team. So, well, that's not the goal. It's not, but I would argue that the point of the basketball is to get into the hoop, right? You got into the hoop, just so like, I got know, in the hoop, not for the right team. How does that go in the in the box score or whatever? Um, like what is that? <laughs> 
Like, oh, it's, it's, you it's, scored it's two points for the other team. But like, um, who does it go to? I I think I I they might give it to the to the player on the other team who last touched the ball. Yeah, maybe. Um, I have no idea. Somebody knows about basketball. I don't know if I've I've told I'm the story on the, of the podcast, podcast and but tell us. I've never heard like God bless my father, but uh, I've never heard him more disappointed in my entire life than when I took that shot <laughs> because <laughs> the wrong hoop. we had. We the worst part about this, John, is the other team had just scored. Oh no! They had just scored. Oh, so it wasn't even like a rebound that you. No, just like, it oh, just man. they just scored, and oh, I wasn't paying ran. attention. Yeah, and I ran down to get the the inbound yeah. from my buddy, and, and just, I got it, and I got the ball, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm open, an open hoop, and I just Why? shot, and <laughs> while the ball's in the air, I just hear my dad. Shouting my name with the most disappointment and regret that he had ever allowed me to play basketball on a team ever. Oh, man. Did you quit that next day? Just like I'm done. No, but no. I got pulled out of the game. We won the oh. game by four points only. <laughs> so like this could have easily been the losing. I was kind of hoping now, we'd lose by like one point. No, and then <laughs> my brother did the same thing. No way. Uh. What is it about you? Guys, you think man? that he did? Maybe he did the same thing, um, but later on in our oh, career. Man. So, like, it, I would argue, worse for That's him. That's worse because he because he he's seen it before right. and he's in. Right. You know, you guys must really have special guardian angels. I gotta tell you, I uh, yeah, <laughs> dude, I uh, I I'm better off sitting behind a chessboard than That's, yeah, than no, any sort is, of physical. I would never go up. And then I am okay at badminton though. No. Badminton's fun. I'm okay at badminton. I'm thinking about getting a badminton net for my house. We had, um, I'll be honest. When when I was at Point, uh, go Pointers. Um, we had like intramurals. You know, they have intramurals at colleges, right? Um, and there was a they had doubles badminton that a buddy and I played, um, and then there was a singles badminton. They had a singles badminton block, and I was in a fraternity, right? Or I am in a fraternity. You never believe. Um, and I was like, yo, no one ever plays in this league. We could just make it a, a, a Theta's Eye, you know, a badminton league because I knew I would kick everybody's butt yeah. and I would win. Nice. I'd get a t-shirt. <laughs> um, I get that but t-shirt. that same year, we had a transfer kid from Vietnam. Oh, he schooled you. He, oh, man, he was so good at badminton, oh, yeah. dude. He, I crushed everybody minus him. Yeah. He crushed everybody. Yeah. It, yeah was, it was it was it was a warm up for him, probably. Um, I like to think that I held my own okay, okay for a little bit, All but right. like I wasn't in sh- I wasn't like in shape like he yeah. was. Did you ask him like, Hey, how good am I? No, because I knew I was I knew I I, I knew how good I was. Yeah. I knew I wasn't good enough. Right. So like I kept the first game close. Okay. And I was okay maybe for a quarter of the game, the second game. Right. And I just got I was just gassed and he was just you just you just outplayed me. It was it was rough arena. I played tennis with my wife once. My wife went to how like that make you feel? Uh, humble, very humble. very humble. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Your your wife is yeah. Uh, we've done it twice, and uh, I hope we can do it more. But yeah, I, it's it's not fun for either of us because like she, I'm so bad that like she's not playing, and then like 
it's not fun for me because when she, I, I'm just so bad. So like, it's does, just one of those things where like well, we just don't have to do this. It's fine. Does tennis run yeah. in your in your wife's family? Cause yeah, I know I know Julia yeah. plays. All of them play. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. I married into a tennis family, and I'm not from the tennis yeah. family. Well, we're not gonna have your wife on the podcast because she doesn't want to be in the podcast. Yeah, but we can That's ask okay. Julia about it because yeah, we'll have Julia on the podcast someday. Right. Anyway, sorry, Deacon. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, for the journey, for the journey, for for where you uh, two and I are going to be going from this point forward, I have a prayer for you. Oh, appreciate a, it. It's great. I love I love being prayed for. All right. Can definitely uh, this song too has a uh, has a bit of redemption. You will know the tune. And uh, I was asked to, just like the Kumbaya, I was asked to play this song, uh, but this time it was for a funeral. And I knew I couldn't sing it because it's just horrible and not appropriate for any spiritual circumstance. Um, so I, when I was asked if we could do that, um, I uh, said I would see what I could do and went home immediately and I asked my daughter... Um, the music teacher, if she could help me figure out how to get Psalm 121 into this melody, because that's my, that's my uh, psalm that I take with me for all of my funeral, uh, usually wake services. So um, she asked me a couple questions, uh, started working on it. She said it would be no problem, and like 10 or 15 minutes later, here we go. Nice. So I'm excited to hear it. So you'll know what I'm talking about in a second. <clears throat> I raised my eyes up to the heights As I was in the midst of strife I asked where my help would come from I heard a voice inside my heart The maker of the heavens and earth my help will come to me from the Lord. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Your guardian who never sleeps will make a way beneath your feet. The Lord, your shade, stands at your right hand. By day the sun will never strike, nor the moon when it is night. The Lord will guard your soul from all evil. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. God, your way, you're going forth, coming home, you're with the Lord, by your side both now and evermore. You raise your eyes, you lift your heart, you're walking in a victory march, and now you are singing Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. 
about being a deacon is offering blessings in the times when I can. So for all those who are listening, for you, John, for you, Cameron, the Lord be with you. And with, with your, your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord with your lives. Thanks be to God. Be to God. Where would we be without Trek? Where would that song <laughs> be without Trek? Uh Non exist. No, it did exist before Shrek. It, or it, did, it definitely oh, yeah, well, did, but well I, like it. the only reason yeah. I knew that song was Shrek. because it was in Shrek. Yeah, and the same thing like, hey now, you're right. right oh, All Star Smash Mouth. All Star. Who? Yeah, that's, okay. That's like I've searched for this Shrek. like many because there are lots of covers of that song, um, and I I love most of them that covers of that song. Um, who's the original writer of that song? Uh, I think it's Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen. All right. Okay. I've I've seen I've seen so many I have no idea who originally yeah I don't either um but yeah just a wonderful that was beautiful though yeah it was super sick so (laughs) so your daughter put the put the psalm into that that's awesome that's right Dana was it Dana yes shout out Dana that's correct shout out very talented shout out Dana you ever want to be on the podcast open invitation yeah (laughs) if you don't Um, want to that's fine yeah that's fine we love we're gonna be here a little bit (laughs) um. Yeah, so thank you so much, Deacon, for for being with us today and for sharing a little yeah, bit of your awesome. of your story. Um, I, I again, I really hope that the music comes through. It's super cool. To, I think it will. To, to, to we have a lot of musical talent here in here in Manitowoc. Um, Zombie, you don't get to see, which is unfortunate. Uh, I hope one day you have you're gonna sell some tickets, Deacon Mike. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you would like to be like Deacon Mike and you would like to be on the show, um, you can send us an email at humblyspeakingpod at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to have you on. You don't have to take an hour and a half. Um, maybe this, that that's what is kind of throwing people off. Um, a lot of our episodes are really long because we have a good rapport with with those who are on our show like we know we're very comfortable with Deacon Mike so it's very easy to go an hour and a half um we had Diane Vadney on the show last week we could have gone for three hours we're very comfortable with Diane and um but I I, I would I would say we didn't really know Roger uh yeah. that well yeah. when Roger Bondi was on the show but we were able to talk with him for a long time it's yeah um we don't really care if you're here for 30 minutes we don't really care if you're here for an hour and a half if you want to come tell your story we'd we'd love to Love to have you on. We've we'll try to put you in as, as early as we can. Um, again, that's humbly speaking pod at gmail.com. Uh, a la Father Mike Schmitz, um, in the Bible of Year podcast, which you should be listening to. Right. Um, please. We, dropped this, we dropped that kind of late. Usually we like talk about the Father or Father, Father Mike Schmitz just yeah. in general podcasts like Way early on. Yeah, we dude. tell people to pause, to listen to his, come back to ours. Kind of, we kind of dropped it. I just, I assume today. that everybody has listened to the entire Bible right. of the Year podcast. I, I haven't so. yet. I'm I would hope. really close. I'm on day three hundred two. I was on yeah. day three hundred one today. 
getting right, closer. Man, yeah, you shouldn't awesome. assume that. It's, I shouldn't it's, assume. You know yeah, what they say yeah, about making I'm, an assumption. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a way behind, but we're still working at it. Um, so uh, uh, please, please pray for John and I. Um, we are definitely praying for you. Um, thank you to everybody who has been listening. Uh, praise be Jesus Christ. Amen. Now and forever. Amen.